Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today we're going to talk about fear versus faith session two. Yes, fear versus faith session two. I'm going to start out with a question I want you to think about. Have you ever been convicted? And if so, how do you know when you are convicted? So for me, how do I know when I'm convicted is I, I, I feel it in my spirit that, you know, inside of me, that I've done something wrong. I might say something wrong. So I feel convicted about it. So I'll apologize. I'll repent of my sins. So that's when I feel convicted. So faith, primary, firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing is used in the New Testament. Always faith in God or Christ are things spiritually. The main elements in faith in its relations to the invisible God as distant from faith in man are especially brought brought out in the use of this noun in correspondent verb, pestio. They are a firm conviction producing a full acknowledgement of God's, God's revelation or truth. In second, in second theologians chapter two, verse 11 through 12 says this, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. And so let's go into the word of God. You ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. Let's go into this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22, verse one through two. And it says this, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the regions of Morel, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. And so God tested Abraham not to trip him and watch, watch him fall, but to deepen his capacity to obey God and to develop his character. Just as fire refines to extract precious metal, God refines us through difficult circumstances. So you got to understand difficult circumstances that we are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it, it grows us. It's growing us through these difficult circumstances. God is growing us through these difficult circumstances and it's changing our characteristics, developing our characteristics to be more like him and less of ourselves. And so, like I said, God refines us through difficult circumstances. When we are tested, we complain or we can try to see how God is stretching us to develop our character. Abraham and Isaac traveled 50 to 60 miles from Beersheba to Mount Morel in about three days. This was a very difficult time for Abraham, who was on his way to sacrifice his beloved son, Isaac. And so, what do you do when you are going through difficult circumstances? So sometimes for me, I try to count it out joy. I try to count out joy that, hey, since I'm going through these circumstances, let me count out joy because God is developing me. God is changing my characteristics. God is trying to make me more like him. So let me look at the good out of it instead of looking at the negative out of it. And sometimes I fail. Sometimes I fail at that. Sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I'm like, God, how are we going to do this? How, how are we going to get over this? How are we going to make it this way? You know, sometimes I'm, I'm crying out to God, how are we going to do this? But then when it comes to pass, 
<laughs> I'm like, God, really? Really, God? Is that all I had to take? And it's just so amazing. And it gets me like that. I try to get out joy like James says in the Bible, but sometimes I have problems with getting out joy. And so I still cry out and show my emotions to God that, hey, I don't know how I'm going to make it this way. I don't, I don't know how to live by faith. I know you call me by faith. I need you to help me to live by faith in these difficulties, in these circumstances, because I am depending upon you. And I need your help, Lord. <laughs> and so that's how we continue to move by faith because he wants us to trust in him. And as we go through difficulties, he's changing our characters. We are developing to be more like Christ and less of ourselves. So God will never forsake those who seek him. To forsake someone is to abandon that person. God is God's promise does not mean that if we trust in him, we will escape loss or suffering. It means that God himself will never leave us no matter what we face. We need to know that our God is a refugee and he's with us during, during our trials, during our suffering, during the times we go through grief. He helps us get through those stages in life where we won't stay stuck in depression Fear and anxiety. See, that's what the enemy would love for us to stay stuck in depression, fear and anxiety. But God does not want us to stay stuck in depression, fear and anxiety. So he helps us get through those long sufferings. He helps us get through the grief. He comforts us and strengthens us. He helps us get through the trials and tribulations. And we got to trust God. So let's think about it. Abraham's circumstances, God promised him this child, Isaac. In the old age, and finally, Isaac was born. And sometime later, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. As a parent, that would be very challenging for me, if I'll be honest with y'all. As a parent, it would be very challenging for me to sacrifice my daughter. But Abraham exercised, exercised faith when he prepared to sacrifice him on the altar at God's request. The Bible tells us that Abraham was willing to kill Isaac as a sacrifice because he believed God would raise him from the dead. And so, after he had killed him. And so, yeah, that's, that was his faith. And God brought me my son Isaac in my old age, and he brought it to me, and only by God that I could have did it, have a child in my age at the age of 99, I think 99, 100. And so, if God wants me to sacrifice, God surely my God can, can bring him back. That's faith. That's faith. And so, consider that God had never done that before. This was some faith. He was reasoned that if God could produce life in Isaac from his old body, he could, he, could, he could surely bring Isaac back from the dead if he wanted. And so you got to understand, Abraham already Abraham had already had experience with God when he left his, his kin folks behind. When he didn't have no GPS, he didn't have no map where God was going to take him. He just, he just packed up his family. He, he packed up everything and they left. And God showed him the way. So, so Abraham had experience with God. Abraham built relationship with God through the times, whatever he had to go through with God. And so his faith was up on God. If God takes it away, God can bring it back. And so Let's look at this. Look, let's go into Esther. Esther chapter 4. Yeah, let's go into Esther chapter 4. And then I'm going to go down to verse um, 12 through 17. Esther chapter 4, verse 12 through 17. And this is what the word of God says. 
When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in king's palace, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will rise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this? Then Esther sent the, um, this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And so Mordecai went away and carried all of Esther's instructions. And so Esther risked her life. By, by coming before the king, her courageous act gives us a model to follow approaching a difficult or dangerous task like Esther. We can learn from this. She calculated the cost. She said, if I perish, I perish. If my life go, I just go. I'm going to go up in front of the king, even though he ain't, even though he ain't commanded me to come, even though I know it's against the law, I'm going to go. And so Esther realized her life was at stake. Number two, set priorities. She believed that the safety of the Jewish race was more important than her life. Number three, prepared. She gathered support and fasted. She told Mordecai, make sure that you and the Jews will go fast for three days, and we are going to do the same. Say they follow each other's instructions. Let me keep going on. Determine a course of action and move ahead boldly. She didn't think too long. See, when we think too long, that, that's when we part, start denying and, oh, no, I shouldn't do this. And we think too long, and then we, 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 um, we, um, sabotage, the, we sabotage what we was going to do. And so she didn't think too long about allowing the interlude to lessen her commitment to what she had to do. When we have to face a hostile audience, confront a friend or a delicate subject, or talk to, or your, to your family about changes to be made, Rather than dreading difficult situations or putting them off, we should take action with confidence by following Esther's inspired example. And so God was in control, yet Mordecai and Esther had to act. But God was in control. We as believers got to act. We got to move by faith in our works. If we don't move by our faith in our works, it's dead to God. It's dead. We cannot. We, how will people know that we are believers in Christ Jesus? Not just because we go to church, but what we doing for Him? What are we doing for the kingdom of God? How are we serving His people? How are we helping the homeless? I mean, it's not always always about me, 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 me. Our meat has to die once we once we die in that baptism of the water of our old selfish ways, and we rise up out of the water. We are supposed to be more like Christ and less of ourselves. So we can go serve the community. So we can go help someone who's homeless. So we can help some kind of elderly. Or we can go bless someone. Or we can go pray for someone. We stop being selfish. My God. So God was in control, yet Mordecai and Esther had to act. We cannot understand how both can be true at the same time. And yet they are. God chooses to work through those willing to act for him. It was rational of Esther to put everything on line when she went before the king without being summoned. Her motive was right, and she did it in obedience. Therefore, God gave her favor, and she was instrumental in saving her nation from disaster. We should pray as if all depend on God and act 
as if all depend on us. Let me say that sentence again. We should pray as if all depend on God and act as if all depend on us. We should avoid two extremes, doing nothing and feeling that we must do everything. We can at least do something. Let me tell you something. If God used Abraham at 99, knew Abraham at 99, I mean, Abraham at 99 and Sarah at 90, let me tell you, we don't have no excuse as being younger or older. God can use us as his children. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you doing anything for the kingdom of God? Are you still stuck on you? Hmm. Let me keep going on. When we are called upon to make a sacrifice or do something rational for God, we should not feel deprived of privilege. We should not feel deprived of privilege. In the most rational act of human history, Jesus sacrificed his very life for us, and we are to follow his footsteps. We are supposed to pick up the cross, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week and follow him. Hmm. So my, my, my thing is, sometimes we wonder about our position in life and why are we here and why are we here and why are we there? Are we really at the right, right area where we're supposed to be? So scriptures teaches us that God has placed us where we are for his purpose. And Esther is a powerful example of this truth. We should look for opportunities around us in our neighborhood, our workplace, even in our home for ways the Lord wants to us to partner with him in the work of his kingdom. It is time to shake ourselves into reality and start doing what we ask, what he asks us to do, no matter what the cost is. Hmm. Let's go. Romans 8 verse 28 says this. And we know that um, we and we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. God did not create us for failure. We may fail at some things in our way to success, but we, if we trust him, he will take even our arrows and work them out for our good. God can take a mistake and turn them into miracles if we continue to trust confidentially in him. And so in Psalm chapter 57, verse 2 says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So this key is in understanding God's purpose for our life. God has numbered our days and will fulfill every purpose he has for us. However, our choices and actions are really what matters. Our choices and actions, what's really going to matter. That's really what he's going to look at when we face judgment day. What? are we doing with our faith we have to do some kind of work for the kingdom of god not just about it's not all about us it's not all about me i'm sorry but it's about others just as well as jesus came down to serve us and show us the way surely his children should be doing the same thing thank you so much for listening to divine inspiration god bless you bye